Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Alika Hope and Change. I am your co-host and now just host, Change, also known as Emil, while Alika Hope is out doing something amazing that she will tell us next week in part two of our show we're doing today. So in her stead, our ever-present, always faithful, Jamie Brennan McDonald, our engineer, is going to co-host with me. And you can call me for the show. You can call me love. <laughs> we have hope, change, and love. <laughs> hope, change, and love. Alika, hope, change. Alika, hope, and change, and love. And love. I love it. <laughs> Quiet storm. So, Jamie, tell me, you know, it's been a minute, mm-hmm. um, and we are having a great sort of transition over the fall. We had Thanksgiving last week. Yes, we did. Um, how was your holiday, man? My holiday was great. Like I said um, last week, I ended up cooking and just kind of hanging out with family and stuff and went to see the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie. That was a lot of fun. Um, That was the right kind of nostalgia for me. And just the whole holiday kind of felt nostalgic, actually. You know, I was like feelings, those good feelings that come up at the holiday time. I was in I was in Los Angeles with my daughter and we watched that together and it was the perfect Father, daughter, father, yes. child mm-hmm. movie. I, it Aww. was actually unexpected. It was very mm-hmm. nostalgic and very sweet. For those who yeah. have not seen it, we won't spoil it for you, but we will say that there is a very healthy dose, but not too much, not syrupy, sweet mm-hmm. nostalgia. Yes. Familiar feelings, you know, family being the, the, the core center of the movie. Familiar. I, whenever I say the word familiar, I always emphasize the family part of it. Something that is not foreign to us. Something that is part of us. You know, I love that word for that reason. Totally understand. And, you know, that's part of why uh, Alika and I are doing so well together with this show. And, mm-hmm. and because we are able to rope you in. You are family to us. You have Aww. been such a, such a part of how, how well we've done with this show. We thank all mm-hmm. of our listeners. You guys are so amazing. Thank you, listeners. With your feedback. Um, and... Uh, we are always open to more. AlikaHope at gmail.com is what you can find with us. And um, that family feeling, you know, where we just have a chat every week and we um, just discuss the the issues of the day, but nothing, nothing terribly complicated, nothing terribly controversial because we are family. And one of the joys of our family is that we get to be nerds. Yes. And Jamie. <laughs> a nerdy family. It is time to nerd out officially because Alik is not here right now. So it's just you and me. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to talk a little bit about how excited I am for the new Matrix movie. Yes. Let's go there. (laughs) I'm here to tell you that ever since they said they were doing it some years ago, Mm -hmm. I have been not holding my breath, but anticipating with bells on this new chapter. Yes. I, I have to say I am in that same ship with you. <laughs> Definitely. They released the they released the full trailer mm-hmm. just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm like, let's be real. I kinda had a cow. Yeah. I watched it like <laughs> eight times. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't watch it for the Easter eggs that we were so familiar and so 
again, familiar. And so, please, with little Easter eggs, little callbacks and everything, that nostalgia, I'm really kind of watching it just for the spectacle. Right. You know? The Matrix, to me, not only is philosophical, but it's just the something larger than life, larger than all of us. The spectacle of this possibility just blows my mind, blows me away. When, 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 the, when the original Matrix came out in 1999, mm-hmm. it was mind-blowing then and i've watched it several times since Mm -hmm. and every single time even though it's 20 plus years old it's still mind-blowing the effects are still solid Mm -hmm. the uh story is of course amazing uh but but the the combination of ingredients is still absolutely spot on and so getting to the future getting to the matrix resurrections yes is like I'm, I'm so in. Even though what people kind of poo poo the the other two sequels, mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed them. I watched them several times as well. Yeah. And uh, the second movie was it The Matrix Reloaded? The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. <clears throat> that that highway scene was like one oh. of the greatest chase scenes of all time. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say this to the listeners: if you are Matrix fans and you have not seen the Animatrix which are the nine animated shorts that are offshoots of the main story. If you watch those and then watch Reloaded and Revolutions, it will make more sense for those that were confused by the story because that's the one complaint I've heard. is oh, it's too confusing, but it's too much. Watch the Animatrix. It will make sense. There's four shorts that tie directly to the main story. And if you watch those, you will enjoy Reloaded and Revolutions a lot more. I watched the Animatrix. I watched yes. it as soon as it came out mm-hmm. on DVD. And yep. I was mm-hmm. blown away by the quality of it. And this is what mm-hmm. I love about storytelling. When people sort of um, gravitate to these wonderful stories like The Matrix, like Star Wars, like Star Trek. And then mm-hmm. they allow other creators to sort of see that vision yes. in their own eye come to life. Mm-hmm. Now you in the Animatrix, you have nine different storytellers who are seeing the Matrix universe from mm-hmm. their perspective and telling their really rich stories. Yes, And like you said, several of those stories tie into the movie timeline, mm-hmm. the movie chain of events. Mm-hmm. So it's this beautiful sort of interpretation of things that help you move from the original Matrix movie all the way through uh, Revolutions. And yep. now with Resurrections, I can see... There's already going to be this beautiful tie-in, even though it's yes. a 20-year 20, 20 gap. There's going to be mm-hmm. this beautiful tie-in all the way through. So I'm looking so forward to that. This is the geek out part of the show, by the way, <laughs> uh, listeners, that uh, Jamie yes. and I are just going to enjoy the moment where, where our sister does not have to temper our nerdiness. <laughs> And not feel left out, you know, by, by, by all the details that we catch and all of the things that we've watched these movies over and over that we've been, oh, I wonder if this is going to pay off. I wonder if this is going to, what about this? What about this question? And there's things to ponder. And I'm really, like you, waiting with bated breath just to figure out yeah, the, how they're going to. I don't really to... like spoilers. I don't like no, I hate spoilers. Eggs. I don't I want hate things them. revealed to me before I see the movie, but I do enjoy mm-hmm. the trailers. So I watch mm-hmm. them with the same spirit you do, which is, just enjoy the awesomeness of it. Yes. And then when, when I sit into the movie, I'm not trying to figure it out. I don't want to know the plot. I don't want to mm-hmm. know anything that happens. Mm-hmm. And The Matrix has been really good about its trailers being part of the part of the show. Like yes. they miss they 
they misguide you, but guide you. Like mm-hmm. it's this beautiful balance <laughs> that they wove in the other three movies that I'm sure they're doing again, yes. where yes, everything you see is exactly what you will see in the movie, but none mm-hmm. of it makes sense the way you think it does. Exactly. I love when movies do that where they just not even really mislead you, but they give you just enough to excite you, but you're still going on the journey when you get to the theater. And I have one word to say. Merovingian. Oh. My favorite character. I love that character. That guy was so <laughs> awful and so awesome at the same yes. time. Yes. And he's in it somewhere. He's not in the trailer, but he's in it somewhere, and I cannot wait till that part of the movie comes. That's the only thing. If I have to, not spoiler, but... He's listed as in the cast, so I am curious as to how he's going to play into this new story. The Merovingian, for those listeners who haven't seen The Matrix, is the let's let's call him the voice of ambiguity. Hmm. He would put a moral dilemma in front of everybody, and you would have to make the choice. But it's not a choice like left or right, up or down. Mm-hmm. It's more like slime or no slime. <laughs> right it's like <laughs> here's his horrible choice and here's his other really horrible choice which one are you gonna pick <laughs> but either one you choose you're gonna be slimy yes and then mm-hmm. you're gonna get what you want or not get what you want so if you feel better about yourself you don't get what you need to advance and mm-hmm. if you do feel if you don't feel better about yourself you get what you need to advance mm-hmm. and you're still grind it's like he the Merovingian the, is he that likes wonderful the balance of all the nasty, slimy bits of a movie character, mm-hmm. but he's not a villain. He's not a villain. Exactly. <laughs> and this is the complexity <laughs> of The Matrix. <laughs> you, you, you put me on him. You make me watch it. Yeah, I listen to him. He looks the part. He sounds the part. And mm-hmm. then he puts the characters through this ringer. And then when he's done with them, he's still winning. And you're like, right. how did he win mm-hmm. when everything was arrayed against him and the heroes had to deal with him and mm-hmm. he still slithers away? Exactly. Like, oh, mm-hmm. really? He still exists. <laughs> <laughs> He's part of the world. Oh, man, we're going to have a great show today. The Hope in the Great Resignation, part one. Part two will be with Alika when she comes back after her very um, fanciful trip. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about what she's doing right after this. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to have you with us today. This is Alika Hope and Change. I am Change. Alika Hope is on assignment. And our topic today is the hope in the Great Resignation. For those of you who are paying attention to the news or maybe you're personally affected by it, Americans, after all of the pandemic, which is still ongoing, decided that the traditional work-life balance was way out of balance. And over the last several months, uh, we have seen people decide that the traditional work-life balance that's so far out of balance is no longer worth the sacrifice. And they've been quitting in droves. And this has been studied. You're seeing it in business magazines, life magazines, you know, like uh, even People magazine, all these different 
uh, sources of information are kind of focusing on this wonderful, amazing trend. And I call it wonderful because for me, who um, worked in the same with the same organization, the United States Air Force, for 20 years, seeing people make choices is beautiful. I think that's one of the most powerful things that an American can do is choose. And these choices that Americans are making are saying that the work-life balance equation has to change. Uh, Jamie, what have you seen in, in sort of looking at all of this uh, change in the great re- during the Great Resignation? Um, I'm, I'm going to angle it from here. I'm going to kind of dovetail with something else I heard recently. I am a huge fan of Trevor Noah. Um, Trevor Noah, host of The Daily Show on Comedy yes. Central, and a stand-up comedian and very brilliant in his own right. His views of the world, being not from America, but being within America and understanding the way that corporate and capital America work, um, recently um, had a whole talk about the grind culture. Like, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, and the hustle culture and this idea that you have to constantly be working and be doing stuff and making content and constantly doing something to prove your self-worth and value. And he's rejecting it. He's rejecting this idea that we have to constantly grind and hustle and settle because we're all empty. We, we all have to keep constantly filling this small cup of achievement um, in order to feel validated in our, in our 21st century, you know, 20, 2020, I'll say in this particular case, 2020 selves, you know, our, our society. That you have to hustle and grind. Oh, you're hustling, you're hustling, you're grinding. I saw a post the other day, and it's like, oh, you gotta hustle, hustle, grind, grind, grind culture. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And people are worn out. You know, so the great, re- the great resignation for me is the fact that people are re- starting to reject this through burnout, through unfortunately even worse things. But the idea that we've had enough, it's okay. It's okay not to constantly work. And be connected to the internet and always posting and thinking. And I, I like the idea of the great resignation because people are saying, that's enough. I'm not going to do this. I, I'm with you. And uh, the hustle grind culture is part of the gig economy. Yeah. This, this culture where you have to be going over and over again. And uh, as I said before the break, let me tell you just a little bit about Alika. She's going to go into this in depth next week because mm-hmm. she's going to bring a different perspective. Right. Um, and one of the things that she told me today that was, as we were talking about the show was she's got eight different gigs that she's going to talk about. Yep. Eight. Mm-hmm. Now think about somebody who's trying to manage eight different gigs and the psychic or oh, the, yeah. the mental load that that takes to know what you're doing for each of those different things and all of that so that she can have enough space time opportunity to perform a space time opportunity to raise her children um, right. homeschool and all the things that she does. And, and so it's like, how does one manage eight different things and not burn out? And she's yes. been able to balance it, but there's this, point at which many Americans, I think wisely, have decided it's too much. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's too much in the sense of not just the grind culture, um, but even just the expectations at work of putting in extra hours and extra time at one job, you know, (laughs) and having to get a side job on top of your 16 hour day, you know, of, oh, I'm, I'm slacking. Oh, 
I, I'm doing DoorDash when I'm not working this 40, 50 hour a week job. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I've got this and I've got a, I, I've got a YouTube page. And, and just this idea of it's one thing to be able to fulfill yourself with multiple projects to express your creativity. I know some wonderfully creative people who are working on a, a myriad of projects. You know, I'm a huge fan of Questlove. And Questlove always jokes that he has 19 jobs. <laughs> but he's writing a book and he's hosting a podcast. He's doing a YouTube series with, you know, Patti Smith. And, and, and he's, in his, he's got his hands on a lot of things, but they're all from a creative outlet. It's not like they're just slaving to the grind and they're working in Amazon for 16 hours a day. I think more of the great resignation has to do with the latter, you know, the latter right. of, okay, you're going to go work tw 14 hours and you're not going to get a lunch break and you're going to constantly just go, 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 go. That's what the great resignation really m more so to me means is th this idea that work till you drop. I, I'm glad and that people, people aren't, are, they're not are willing to accept it decision. anymore. So I'm re I really am. And work and work is no mm -hmm. longer this, this, uh, sort of sacred cow yes right and on top of it wages you know part of i was just reading on statista.com part of the great resignation is the idea that the wages have so stagnated that people aren't willing to do the type of work for that pay in comparison to what the company's making oh there yes. th so there is a whole element to this that um we're going to get into during our mm -hmm. last segment that i'm just going to touch on here but many businesses haven't learned that the combination of bad boss plus low pay equals yes. burnout. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is where people are voting with their feet. They're mm -hmm. voting with their desire to, like, I'm not going to work for both of those. If, if it's lower, lower pay, I should be happy or I should be really content with the workplace and the, and the people I work with. If I, if I'm, not going to be content with that, then I need a lot more money. And the minimum wage in this country hasn't changed. Uh, the federal minimum wage hasn't changed in this country for what is it? Almost 20 years, 20, 20 years. years or something like 20 that. 20 years. Um, federally, it's still 725, I believe. That is ridiculous. Now, if we go back 50, about 50, 45, 50 years in the early seventies, mm -hmm. um, an individual, you're in Connecticut, an individual who wanted to go to Yale could work their way through Yale University mm -hmm. at a minimum wage job. Mm -hmm. And you think about that. A person in the 1970s could work at a minimum wage job and work their way through Yale University. Mm -hmm. Today, there's you can't work your way through a state university no. at minimum wage. You can't. <laughs> or community college. <laughs> right. You know. And to me, it's those fundamental shifts that have made people much more sensitive. And then, of course, we stayed at home during the lockdown. And it, people found out, hey, it's not so bad to stop and smell the roses. Mm -hmm. It's not so bad to play with the dog and not yeah. be so tired. Mm -hmm. Take the dog for a walk during the day. These are all quality of life issues that people are like, hey, that's not a bad thing. Yes. Right. Take the time. Take the time. When we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more about this quality of life, this bad boss, this low wage sort of conundrum that um, we found find ourselves in. And we're going to talk about what people are doing as they make the decision to walk away and what they'll do next. We'll be right back.
welcome. It's good to have you back. We're uh, at Lika Hope and Change, and uh, just changed today with Jamie, our engineer, also known as Love. And we're here talking about the hope and the great resignation. And we we started the conversation with a, a derivation, if you will, going into the matrix. But I think it's appropriate to sort of pull that forward into this part of the show. Because, Jamie, I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Did the matrix change how we see reality just a little bit? And perhaps did that movie force us to start thinking about where the machine presence is in our life versus the human presence? Absolutely. <laughs> it definitely did for me. Um, this idea that we actually do have choice. You know, the word choice is a theme that goes through all the first three um, Matrix movies. It's the idea of choice, the idea of, okay, here are these constructs. Here are these things where you're given, like the Merovingian we talked about, or Agent Smith, where it's, okay, it's either this or that. You know, what if I choose neither? You know, this idea that there's a third option, this idea that there doesn't have to be this construct of choice, that we can really open our minds and open our worlds a little bit more if we would just look at the other possibilities. Um, per perhaps look behind the veneer of what yes. we were told is normal. Exactly. Exactly. And this is where the great resignation resonates for me as I watch people make this decision that normal no longer looks like get in a car, mm -hmm. drive 45 minutes to an hour or sit on a bus or a train for 45 minutes to an hour, mm -hmm. get to an office place, an office space, a workplace, work for some number of hours, and then re reverse the process to go home. Mm hmm and do this five days a week yeah. in places like France, uh, where they've gone to a four-day work week, where mm -hmm. um, other places around the world where they have a liberal uh, leave, they understand that people need to see something else in order to be and maintain productivity. Meanwhile, we're getting, in America, our degrees in burnout. Like, burnout mm -hmm. is a measurable activity, and according to one study, 89% of American workers have suffered or are suffering burnout. Yes. Like that, that is <laughs> that number it, feels accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that number feels really so does. accurate. <laughs> and that is the veneer of normal that maybe we need to look beyond the way the matrix is asking us to see beyond what may be right in front of us as we, what we call reality. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that people are making a decision, as we said before the break, that the the lockdown allowed us to maybe slow down and mm -hmm. find these elements of quality of life that were incredibly valuable. Yes. And perhaps no one wants to go back to a life where two hours of their day is spent commuting. Mm -hmm. Well, think about this, you know, during the beginning of the pandemic, you know, as we shifted, and started to go back to work, everything went to Zoom or WebEx or any of these other online platforms of being able to do the work. And then when the shift started to happen back, people were like, well, why do I have to? You know, this has been very much more conducive and productive for my well-being. So do you mind if I stay on Zoom? I can do the exact same amount of work. I can be more effective because I don't have a two-hour commute. Why go back to that environment? And some you know? companies are embracing it and other yes. companies are resisting it. Yes. And it's a great experiment to see who's going to 
uh, prevail in this sort of change as people are voting with their feet, mm-hmm. as they're making decisions to get away from some uh, of practices that maybe were not healthy for the mind and the spirit. Mm-hmm. And people are deciding that there is an opportunity to make money that can sustain the family without yes. sacrificing so much of your mental health for that purpose. Yes. Before the break, I talked about bad boss and low pay. I want to go back to that for one moment because there's this element of uh, success that a lot of companies have embraced that I, I've been reading about during this great resignation. Mm-hmm. They're seeing the value in creating a healthy uh, worker management dynamic, mm-hmm. right? It's no longer I own you or your time is my time. It is let's take a look at what you are here to deliver and how you can deliver it and the timeline by which that delivery can be done. And now people's contribution is being respected versus this uh, the former dynamic where people's time was like the boss owns your time until yes. you leave for the day and they can do whatever mm-hmm. they want to with you. Mm-hmm. People are rejecting that and they're saying, and companies are figuring out that it's better if you just tell people what to expect of them, when to expect it, and then give them the leeway where your company and opportunity lies to let them be creative in that time. If it takes two days and they spend and, and the quality remains the same. If those two days, they work on it for four hours, take a four-hour mm-hmm. lunch, and then work from midnight to 4 a.m. because that's their most creative time, mm-hmm. the boss should care if the delivery is high quality and on time. Exactly. Actually, this reminds me of a story I read a little while ago. There was a company called Gravity Payments. Um, the CEO's name is Dan Price. Uh, several years ago, even before the pandemic, he decided to increase productivity with his workers. He was going to raise their salary to $70,000 a year or greater. Amazing. Um, He cut his own pay to give them more and productivity shot up. And also caused a baby boom. (laughs) (laughs) um, Aren't they out of Seattle? Yes, they are out of Seattle. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, I read, I was reading, in in fact, on on my LinkedIn page, I follow him. And one Mm -hmm. of the things he wrote about was that during the, you said a baby boom, but there was, People bought houses. Yeah. Uh, several mm-hmm. people stopped working second jobs. Yes. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the kind of um, creativity and productivity you can get out of someone who knows they don't have to work a second job in order to make ends meet because they're getting paid an excellent wage at their first job? Absolutely. You're getting the best of that person. You're getting that person at their most creative because they're rested and they're taken care of. And they're happy, <laughs> most know, importantly. Heard, at least, I hope they're happy. But at least it leaves room for life. Well, it's the potential, right? We, we mm-hmm. want to give people the potential. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, it was the, the pandemic, you know, that payments from the government made people stop working. Well, I'm laughing because those people who said that it was payments from the government that caused people to quit – Mm-mm. Those payments have stopped. Those payments ceased yes. in many states for several months. Mm-hmm. And those Yet payments the, and those payments stopped before the resignation of of <laughs> of, 29, of of um twenty twenty one in September. You know when it peaked. Right. Those payments. What there hasn't been a payment since what April <laughs> or something like At that. At the very latest, July yeah. for yeah. the most the most generous states. I think it was July was the last. And right. still here we are in December, mm-hmm. and we're not talking about it because it's. It's past. The great resignation mm-hmm. is still ongoing. 
And this is the part that I think we get a chance to talk about. There's hope in making a decision in uh, quality of life. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's hope in making the decision that there's enough time in the day for you, your family, your pets, your, your personal hobbies. Mm -hmm. And to your point, not everything has to make money in order for it to be joyful. Right. It's about creating a culture of healthiness, a culture of working, but a culture of living. And that's something that I have the hope that the resignation will turn into more people living instead of working. When Alika Hope comes back next week, we're going to have a great discussion about what she's seeing and the fact that she's doing so much in order to um, keep her head afloat. But to her credit, she's a healthy wonderful host of our wonderful show we miss you alika we can't wait to have you back next week until then hold on before we change before we go before you do that uh in honor of alika i have a joke oh go 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 a joke about please don't about quitting jobs (laughs) (laughs) so here's my joke my buddy told me to quit my job at the keyboard factory and become an astronaut that way i can visit the space bar in honor of alika hope that was brilliantly bad um (laughs) thank you all for listening we love having you on our show with us um and we look forward to having alika hope back next week until then this is a this is change also known as emil with my co-host jamie also known as love (laughs) bye now